It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is October 19th, 2020. My name is Phil Brosson. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR_OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to wrap up our player evaluation series by taking a look at Jeff Weltman and the job that he did as general manager of, or as president of basketball operations of the Orlando Magic for the 2020 season. We'll dive into what moves he did make, what moves he didn't make, what position that put the team, and where that leaves the team looking forward. We'll talk about all that coming up here in just a moment. Plus, we'll recap the entire 2020 season and give our final thoughts as we turn our look ahead to the NBA draft and the offseason ahead. We'll get to the draft later on this week, probably even tomorrow. But before we do any of that, I do remind you all to check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're searching every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's podcasts covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only get from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on whatever team you're interested in? Want the lowdown on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the Tampa Bay Rays or whoever? You can find those podcasts for every download podcast, whether it's the NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, or College 2. There's a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your next order. A quick public service announcement before we get into our examination of Jeff Weltman and his season. Monday, October 19th, marks the beginning of early voting here in the state of Florida. We are three weeks away from the election on November 3rd. Early voting will take place over the course of the next two weeks. This has been uh, the big, 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 big thing that the NBA and the NBA Players Association have been trying to push. Um, as a means to do some collective action, to do some good for your community. There is very very few things that we can do as simple and as important as casting your ballot. And of course, the the Magic and, and many teams around the NBA are making their facilities available to make sure that early voting goes off without a hitch. The Amway Center will be open from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. during the early voting period. Um... To If you live in Orange County, you can vote there over the next two weeks. If that is not where you want to vote or you want to go somewhere that's maybe a little le- that, that may be a little less crowded, check your local supervisor of elections office to search for your county supervisor of elections to find out where you can early vote. All I, I, I am not here to advocate for one candidate over another. There are several important local issues as well on these ballots. It is not just about the president. It's not just about your senator. It is about every single office on the ballot. And here in Orange County, for instance, we're voting for a new sheriff, um, although it will likely be the same sheriff and John Mina. Um, we, uh, here in Orange County, we are, you know, got, we've got a ton of important amendments. Um, the Florida Constitution has a lot of big amendments, including a minimum wage amendment, including an amendment 
that will uh, change how we vote on amendments if it's passed. There is a lot on the line, a, a lot, uh, not on the line, but there's a lot to discuss and research and explore on your ballot. It is, again, not just about the presidency, although that is certainly very, very big. Do your research. Go, go see if you can get a sample ballot from your supervisor of elections office. I know I've been able, I was able to look at my sample ballot before I got my mail-in, my mail-in ballot. Um, and make a plan to vote. That is a big thing that is going around um, as well, uh, especially with the pandemic going on and expected increased turnout uh, across the nation for voting. Have your plan to vote. Know when and where you plan to vote. Know how you plan to vote. And make sure you do your homework to be ready to vote when the time comes. I'm in that boat. I'm getting ready to vote here in the next couple days. I usually go out and celebrate my vote with a hamburger afterward. I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, but I am making sure I have my ducks in a row to make sure that I can cast my ballot and feel good about the contribution that I'm making to my community and, yes, to my nation as well. And state, which, you know, is important important too. Early voting again here in Florida begins Monday, October 19th. The Amway Center is open to Orange County residents, so only Orange County residents can go to the Amway Center. That is very, very important. Sorry to our friends in Seminole and Osceola and Volusia and Brevard and all the surrounding counties here in Florida. The Amway Center is only open for Orange County residents. Check your local supervisor of election office for their early voting periods, their early voting locations, and how to be ready to early vote as well as to get set for election day if you choose to vote on election day. Your vote counts, and as the Orlando Magic have said throughout this time, get off the bench, get into the game, and vote. The Orlando Magic doing their part by opening up the Amway Center. You can do your part by casting your ballot. We'll talk about Jeff Weltman here after this quick break. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's hard to argue so far with the results that Jeff Hartman has had. Three seasons at the helm of the Orlando Magic, two playoff appearances after failing to make it in the previous six. Yes, there is the current and the thought that the Magic have been rebuilding for eight years, not for three, Philip. And we're tired of waiting. We want contenders now. We're, we don't want just playoff scraps. And, and Waltman, I think, would agree. They don't want just playoff scraps either, but... I would always argue that, yes, even though the players are largely the same, that this is really Weltman. You have to make a cleavage between where Rob Hennigan ended and Jeff Weltman began. We're in year three of this thing. And Weltman has done some very good things. So, you know, anyone who's out there saying that the Magic need to fire Jeff Weltman, you're, you're frankly off base. He has succeeded in so many ways with this Orlando Magic team and this Orlando Magic roster to this point by being patient, by not making the drastic changes that I think fa- that, I, that grab headlines. Jeff Wilman isn't here to win the headlines game. He's here to win, he's here to win basketball games. And say what you will, the Magic have done that at least on a small scale. The first two years of Jeff Weltman's tenure, really the first three years, was 
built, trying to build an infrastructure. He came in and completely changed the, the guts and the interior of the organization. That first year under Frank Vogel, the Magic essentially just were working to change the cult that culture, which is a word that Jeff Altman hates, which I will use, um, change just how this team views itself. And giving the resources and building up the resources to make players better. That started with kind of the infrastructure and, and, and stuff inside the Amway Center, how the, how the Amway Center was organized. It continued with the dismissal of Frank Vogel and then the hiring of Steve Clifford, a coach who's just very much about player development and, and building a foundation and building, a, building kind of a way to do things and do, th do them successfully. And fostering the internal growth of the team. I will say this, and I don't know if this is, this is true or not, I really do believe that the 2019 season was not something they expected. I do believe that the Magic, that, that Waltman probably went into that summer saying, when he hired, took the job, probably went into that summer, went into it thinking, summer of 2019 is the summer I'm going to be able to make some moves. I'll probably be able to move Nikola Vucevic for something that I like at the trade deadline, I'll be able to start shifting the pieces around to make this team my own. But it's going to be gradual. It's going to be slow. Then Nikola Vucevic became an all-star. Then the Magic made the playoffs. And all of a sudden, everything shifted. And indeed, this season, and we talked about it so much over the course of this, this year, this season was about kind of dealing with where do we go next with this team that suddenly met success. 42-40 and 40 record, 17 in the Eastern Conference, won a game in the playoffs. It, it, it is a deep prize, obviously. The Magic still needed to get better. But it was undeniable progress. And the Magic just couldn't turn their back on. That isn't Jeff Weltman's philosophy. Jeff Weltman's philosophy is that you grow best by being in winning environments. And he was going to foster and try to grow this winning environment. We exited that 2019 season fully believing that this was the start. The Magic had a young Aaron Gordon who looked like he was about ready to break out. They had Jonathan Isaac. They had Markel Fultz waiting in the wings. They had Mo Bamba developing behind Nikola Vucevic. It felt like the team was at the start of something. There was real hope at the beginning of the season that the Magic could become the next it team. You know, they didn't have maybe the young superstar players, but... They could become a, a difficult team like, say, the Indiana Pacers, where they're a tough out every night. They surprise everyone by winning 45, 46, 47 games, and they compete for home court advantage. Most of us were not under any illusion that the Magic were going to make that gigantic of a leap to, into contention. But certainly there was the chance for the team to at least compete for something more, not just be content with playoff scraps. I was skeptical of this the entire time. I, I, I did. I said at the beginning of the season that I felt like the Magic would take a, a small step back probably, but still be in the fight for the 7th or 8th seed and probably finish with one of those one of those playoff spots. Actually, can look at my playoff predictions. I had the Magic finishing 7th in the Eastern Conference once again. I expected pretty much a repeat of the previous season. Jeff Weltman was indeed backed into a little bit of a corner. To maintain the success, he needed to bring back the same players that to many fans were holding them back. He needed to bring back Nikola Vucevic on a four-year, $100 million deal, which some fans say is an overpay, and it might be, 
But the way he structured that contract certainly sets the magic up better for the future. He had to bring back Terrence Ross. Both those deals got done very, very quickly, suggesting that the Magic and their players and their representatives already knew they wanted to get a deal done. We're already talking about it and got it done quickly. No doubt. No doubt about it. And so the Magic entered this season with virtually the same roster. The only additions were Markel Fultz, coming back from injury, which proved to be a shrewd trade, uh, and the Magic feel like they have their starting point guard for, for the moment, and to add Al Farouk Aminu, with the mid-level exception. The Magic kind of punted on their draft pick, which is, we'll get into some criticisms of that, essentially to maintain the cap space to re-sign their guys and bring in Aminu. The Al Farouk Aminu idea, and we talked about it when we talked about Al Farouk Aminu, was not a bad one. Not a bad idea at all. The Magic needed the Magic needed more wing more kind of versatile wing depth. They saw what happened when Jonathan Isaac got in foul trouble in the playoffs and it hurt them. They were they were in a big pinch. They lost game 3 because Jonathan Isaac was in foul trouble and couldn't play the end of that game. Pascal Siakam ate Terrence Ross alive. So the Magic doubled down on some size and they got Alfred Camino. They convinced a starter from a Western Conference finalist team in the Portland Trailblazers to come off the bench in Orlando. There was logic there. It was not an illogical move. But the question that lingers about this team particularly, the question that lingers is whether that was the optimal move, whether that was the best move. And it being the only move the Magic really made in the offseason this year, it deserves some serious question. Alfred Camino did not have a good season. You can't predict injury, but even before the injury, he was just struggling to shoot. And while the Magic did have that need, they also draft, just drafted Chimo Kiki, who does many of the same things, or plays, plays pretty much the same position as Alfred Camino. And now the Magic were left without the one thing they absolutely needed, and that was shooting. It was the glaring weakness, the one thing the Magic could not do that they needed to do to succeed. And it was a need that went completely unaddressed, except for re-signing Nikola Vucevic and Terrence Ross, went completely unaddressed in the entire offseason. In fact, the shrewd moves that Weltman made, because he once again made very nice moves in season, you know, the trading... The, the signing of Gary Clark shortly after Jonathan Isaac's injury, when it was clear that the Ken Birch thing wasn't working, adding a guy who was you know, supposedly a stretch four was a smart move. Paid off in the playoffs, obviously. When it still seemed like the balance was off, Weltman got James Ennis for free. And while Ennis is not maybe uh, the best player in the world, he is capable of starting. He was getting more comfortable with the Magic and, again, proved to be a valuable player. I think Ennis is someone that will that will contribute a lot next season. So Weltman made smart moves and smart decisions over the course of the season. As Steve Clifford said, James Ennis was supposed to be a good shooter. He's like a 35% career three-point shooter. Just shot like 32, 30, 31%. He shot, I think, sub-30 for the Magic this year. But the question is, 
while injuries certainly played a factor in making those moves, and you can't predict injuries, you can't plan for injuries, they just happen, the Magic's lack of shooting was made apparent throughout the course of the season. The Magic were always chasing. And they never really addressed that need. The Magic this season did not fall short of their goals simply because of their lack of shooting. There's a lot to go into it, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. They did not fall short of their goals because of that. But what they what happened, though, was Jeff Weltman did not put the Magic in the best position to achieve those goals. He didn't make bad moves by any stretch of the imagination. I, I liked the Al Farouk signing. It... it, it I, I did not think it was the best use of resources, but it made sense. And you go back and watch the tape of Aminu, his defense was extremely good. He was an incredible defender. And figuring out the shooting and why he wasn't able to even hit layups is a problem, but a solvable one. I don't. I think that'll be an outlier, and hopefully he comes back from injury able to contribute at a higher level. But Weltman did not give the Magic the best chance to achieve their goal. And that deserves criticism. The Alfred Camino signing was not the best use of resources. The Magic desperately needed shooting, and it went unaddressed again. We're sitting here this offseason after a year very similar to the one in 2019. The injuries are plenty of an explanation why the Magic took the step back that they did. And this Magic team no longer seems to have a bright future. This Magic team seems to have only a lot of questions. Is this how far a Nikola Vucevic team can go? What do you do with Evan Fournier? What do you do with Aaron Gordon? Jonathan Isaac's entry throws a huge wrench in a lot of things. And so now the Magic, I wouldn't call it a crossroads. Jeff Holman's job is safe. He has done his job. He has done well. And I think the Magic are generally very happy with them. But there are a lot of big questions. And Jeff Weltman has built this infrastructure, has built this franchise and this organization to operate in a certain way. The one element that's missing is the team to fulfill that vision. The team that fulfills whatever Weltman had in mind is able to take that next step and continue growing. And so Jeff Weltman, what he failed at, what he, what he did not do in the 2020 season, is really address the roster. What he did was he strengthened and fortified the foundation that had been built. He worked behind the scenes to make the Amway, to make the Amway Center and the Magic's practice facility more conducive to the kind of team that he wanted to build. The Magic invested more in basketball operations than they've ever invested before. He spent the second year finding a coach to build a foundation and to kind of foster the growth and excellence that he expects from, their, from the young players by putting them in a winning environment. This year wasn't the next obvious step forward. It was about buttressing and supporting that foundation and proving that that foundation was no fluke, that it's strong. And despite the step back the Magic took this year, I think that part of the mission was accomplished. So now comes the tricky part. 
Now comes the hard part. It's about building the roster up. It's about filling needs. It's about putting the team in the best position to grow and to win. And that's something Jeff Weltman hasn't done yet. The foundation is there. The foundation is there. But now it needs the pieces to grow and stand upon it. Jeff Weltman is doing a good job. There is no denying this. The results speak for themselves. But in the 2020 season, the focus was not put enough on this year's team and making this year's team better. Instead, Weltman focused on just doubling down and reinforcing what's helped this team be strong to begin with. That wasn't necessarily the wrong choice, but now he has to answer that next question. How to build upon what's already been built. Before we move on and kind of recap the entire 2020 season and give our final thoughts on it, we got to get through the finish line. We got to get through the tape, whether it's this podcast, whether it's your workout, or whether it's the day, the work day. Built Bar is the protein bar that can get you through to the finish line. It is the best tasting protein bar ever. Most of those protein bars, they taste like granola bars. They don't quite taste the way that the box says they taste. They're chalky. They're nutty. It's 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 not good. I I I am not a big protein bar fan. Sometimes they're that they're meal replacements, and they don't really say that. You need a quick snack that gives you the energy to get through whatever you're trying to complete, and that's what Built Bar does. Comes in 18 amazing flavors that taste exactly like they say. Cookies and cream, banana bread, German chocolate, double chocolate, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. So many great flavors. It is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Sometimes too soft and easy to chew, especially in this Florida sun. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious person. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. In a delicious treat. I can't read today. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for keto diets. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, like I've said, I don't view this 2020 season as a failure. It wasn't a successful season. It definitely was tinged with disappointment. The Magic did not accomplish all their goals. They still accomplished some. Making the playoffs for a second straight year as small and as low of a bar as it is to clear is a major step. It is proof that the Magic have built something that works. To some degree, it works. They're doing something right. It doesn't 
change the questions for the future. It doesn't change the next steps that have to take place. But the Magic have done something right. They have done something that they can build upon. Now, how you build upon it, how you take those next steps is a major question. But this season was also proof of something else. As we went through every player, there's, there's, there was good to talk about with everyone. Nikola Vucevic got off to a slow start, but regained his all-star form by the end of the season. Aaron Gordon struggled throughout the course of the year with his injuries, but he found something toward the end. Marco Fultz got better and better as the season went on. Evan Fournier had a career year, and if not for an illness inside the bubble, might have continued that into the playoffs. Terrence Ross got off to a rough start, but he played better and was getting better as the season went on. Michael Carter-Williams, DJ Augustine, everyone did something that contributed positively to this team. It was hard to say that any player, you know, maybe they didn't reach their maximum or their optimal outcome here, but it's hard to say that any player didn't do something good or didn't make a step forward in some way. Really, you know, Aaron Gordon, you know, and I hate to say this, Aaron Gordon was the only guy that really didn't come close to meeting his expectations. I think we expected Nikola Vucevic and Terrence Ross to take a small step back, and they, you know, largely did, but not significantly so. They were still the same players they were last year. DJ Augustine took a little bit of a step back, but he was coming off the bench too. Aaron Gordon was really the only guy that didn't meet our expectations. And then the Jonathan Isaac injury threw a wrench in everything. This is to say that the issue with this Magic team is not necessarily the individual parts. I wouldn't say anyone had a really bad year, again, except for Aaron Gordon and, and probably Al Farouk Aminu, but injuries, again, played a factor. The issue then is how those individual parts become the whole. And that's, again, the big question facing Jeff Weltman. How does he make a team that fits together? How does he make this team fit the overall vision he has? How does he help this team get the most of itself? All very real questions and very difficult questions to answer as we sit here today. A lot of work is going to be put in during the offseason to answer those questions. But it all starts here. It all starts with asking, how do we make the whole bigger than the sum? Or how do we make the whole bigger than the individual parts? And where 2019, the Magic were able to get the most out of those individual parts, racked with the expectation of doing it again, of consistency, of having to do it over and over again, this Magic team never lived up to that standard. The issue for the Magic is not that they have bad players. They have good players that can contribute at a high level in this league. The issue with the Magic is what they ask them to do every night. The issue with the Magic is their margin for error is simply too small. In our grades, and I will admit I am an optimistic grader, so I'm probably a little more lenient, we gave a lot of Bs. Nikola Vucevic, I think, got a B. You know, James Ennis, I think gave a, I gave him a B minus or C plus. Aaron Gordon, I think got a C plus. Jonathan Isaac, I gave an A minus. I really liked his season. Evan Fournier, I think I gave him a B plus. Terrence Ross, I think got a B or a B minus. You know, DJ Augustine probably got a C plus, B minus. Like all those players, especially the key players, 
having bees leads to a season like this. Leads to a season where the Magic are clearly not better than they were a year before and are back in the playoff ringer exactly where they were before. Whereas, you know, the Portland Trailblazers, when they have an A year, they finish fourth or fifth and and can make it deep into the playoffs. Or when they have a, a difficult year like they had this year, they finish eighth. You know, the Magic would love to get to that spot, to be frank. Indiana Pacers, look at them. I mean, I think the Indiana Pacers and Portland Trailblazers are kind of the model for where the Magic want to try to get at for now. They have a bad year. They win 42, 43, 44 games, and they're still in the playoffs. Magic have a bad year? Well, I think we still could see this. I mean, I think most of us can still envision the bottom of this team, the bottom dropping out on this team and then being another 31-32 win team in an 82-game season. When things are going really, really well, this is probably a 45-win team. But this year, things didn't go well. They had injuries. They took that step back. They ended up being a 33-win team, about a 38- or 39-win team over the course of an 82-game schedule. That is simply not good enough. That is simply not what this team wants to be. So ultimately, we have to look at this season as this. The Magic were not greater than the sum of their parts. Magic have some nice players. They have some interesting pieces. But the fit doesn't work. Every year, as Steve Clifford likes to say, is different. It presents different challenges. It presents different chemistry. And the Magic, you know, perhaps the lesson learned is you can't just flip the switch on. It's going to be a lot of work to get back into the playoffs every single year. It is a hard and harrowing journey. And the fact of the matter is, The Magic cannot afford to take any time off for injury or otherwise if they want to reach those lofty goals that they have for themselves. They cannot afford it. But unfortunately, that's what happened here. Injuries gutted the team of any early momentum. Hurt the team throughout the entire course of the season and especially in the bubble when the season restarted. And the Magic simply did not have the capability, both by depth and by talent, to sustain those losses. A star player, someone who can rescue you, who can save the day, lowers that margin for error. The Magic need that. The Magic need to find that however they can. Whoever they pick, they need to find someone that makes it easier for them to play on a night-in and night-out basis. Because right now, it always feels like the Magic are on the precipice of disaster. That the Magic could easily fall off just as easily as they can win. And that's the truth. That is the real truth. That is the real hard truth staring down the Magic right now. Their margin for error is simply too small for them to succeed. They can have a lot of guys who have nice seasons. But to really get where they want to go, they're going to need to have someone have an incredible season and then everyone else to sustain it for a significant amount of time. And that, frankly, is not something that you can always count on. And that's perhaps what the Magic learned this past season. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Search your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all of them. I download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. 
You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. I'm still accepting Orlando Magic Daily mailbag questions. I'm hoping to answer my mailbag this week. We'll do that as well on the podcast. So send me your questions at omagicdaily on Twitter or by email at omagicdaily at gmail.com. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.